Welcome back to Aveste Origins. We are back for 2023. This is the show where we interview amazing creators and entrepreneurs to learn their success stories from the very start. So it's been a while since we've caught up. Uh, we had a Christmas break. Sorry, we had a bit of a pause, um, but we've got a new studio, which is pretty amazing. And to celebrate that new studio, we have got an amazing guest. Brandon is a huge streetwear creator. He has a massive TikTok channel. He's also on Twitch and he also has his own brand called SIL, which is a streetwear brand in his own right and is doing some amazing things. And we're going to talk all about that. He is a super smart guy. He's very, very ambitious. He wants to disrupt the fashion industry and he has a crazy amount of knowledge about the scene. So we've very much been learning that from him in all of our conversations. And I think we're going to learn even more today, to be honest with you. We're going to talk about Balenciaga and what the hell is going on there, because quite frankly, it's pretty weird. Um, how Brandon started and grew his TikTok channel from scratch and gained pretty much nearly 20,000 followers, which is amazing. Um, and then also some of his best places to find streetwear online, which is going to be an unbelievable piece of info for a lot of people. Um, and yeah, we're going to also discuss some key trends and things coming out of uh, 2023, including one of our favorites, which is bloke core. So make sure you stay tuned to understand what that is. So without further ado, let's get right into the show. You've got so much going on here. Like you've got the vintage side that you're super interested in. You've got your own brands. You started this TikTok from scratch. You're also doing uh, Twitch. How do you like describe what you do? <laughs> like when people ask you, like, what do you do? Like, how do you describe it to people? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I kind of just like, I say like artist and creator. Like the, that's like the, the best way I can like put it. I'm a content creator. I, I like am a designer and. So I think both of those kind of fall under creation and creator. So uh, you're right. I, you know, <laughs> I never thought about it, but like, I do have a lot of things going on, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think content creator and designer, those two are probably what sums it up the best. Yeah. Have I missed anything off? Cause like out of, all, out of those four things, have I missed anything? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think you're good. <laughs> Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to sum you up, mate, because you are doing so much. Like you're one of those people that's just a super high achiever. You're just getting stuff done. Do you know what I mean? Like, thank you. you. Have a lot on. <laughs> you, you do. Like, so I think um, we first mentioned that you do TikTok. So you've got mm -hmm. how many followers on TikTok now? Um, so I'm at nineteen point three right now. Amazing. 19.3k, so yeah. That, that, that is huge, right? And we're super jealous because we'd love to have 19,000 followers on TikTok. <laughs> so make sure make sure you follow us if you're watching this now. I want to know a bit more about you and I want to know a bit more about your background. Why don't you sort of, yeah, explain your starting content creation from, from that perspective yeah. and then we can go from there. Yeah, the, the Spider-Man origin story, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so really, I mean, I've been into fashion since I was a kid. I, I was kind of more into art before fashion. And then it kind of gradually just changed. Like the more I got older, the more I started to get pulled towards fashion more. Um, and then the kind of catalyst to me creating content and like really deep diving, going all the way with this stuff was um, I joined a vintage store in my old town, San Antonio, called the Vaulty. And at the time, you know, TikTok was just kind of starting to gain popularity. And like Instagram had like implemented their reels, probably this was like at the beginning of 2020, somewhere around there. And um, they needed somebody to make content 
on like the real side. And at the time, nobody really wanted to do that. So I was like, you know what? I got this. I'll try it. And, you know, like I remember like posting my first video or one of my first videos on TikTok just on my own account. And it was just some dumb trend. And then like it just like blew up. And I was like, whoa, this is crazy. <laughs> so um, then with the the paid the store page, like I was able to create the content there and like we were getting good response. I eventually just kind of took over creating the content for the entire store in general. So I was taking I was doing the Instagram and doing our TikTok and doing our reels. So I feel like I really got a good found like foundation and fundamental sense of how to create content through just creating it for the store. And um, I kind of had this moment where I was like, you know, I really like to do this, but I want to do this for myself too. Like, not necessarily like I for when you're making content for a store, it's it's really cool because you have you know you have all this amazing product around you all the time. So there's like your brain can just like you know pick oh here's like a Yeezy Gap jacket I can make a funny video off that. Here's like some Balenciagas I can make a funny video off that. Or like I can go really into detail with these Jowns that just released. Um, but at the end of the day, it all has to wrap back to the store. So it's almost not, it's, it's not an advertisement, but like, you know, like it kind of is sometimes, but, um, so I wanted to do something where it's more, you know, I just get to talk about fashion. I just get to make funny content and there's no underlying promotion behind it. Why did you get into fashion in the first place? Like you've, you've obviously like worked at that store, but obviously there was a passion before that store, like before you worked Mm -hmm. there, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I had been like, it, it was almost like a transition of where my art met, where my love of clothes was. I started with, you know, printing on t-shirts, making graphics, all that good stuff. And, um, eventually I found that to be a little bit limited and i wanted to just find new ways to make clothes. And at the time, I mean, I was like 19, I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, I started attending these like apparel sourcing shows when the pandemic hit and um, I got to start meeting all these amazing manufacturers from India, China, Japan, you name it, everywhere around the world. So I was starting to understand kind of the business behind putting in these international orders, getting to understand, you know, MOQs and fabric like weight and all these specifics that I had no idea. And at first it was kind of like a shock. Like I had no idea, but you know, as I, I got more experience, um, I found that, you know, this is kind of the route I wanted to take. I wanted to create a better quality product than what I was doing. I wanted to, you know, learn more about this fashion history and that from working at that store and from having this kind of, I want to start a brand mentality from the past. I think that kind of created the perfect storm for me to just dive full force into really getting into fashion history. And I, with the store, I already had this kind of idea of like a vintage resale market, but I didn't really know about the designer side yet. So that's when I started to take that route of learning more about, you know, Archive Raff and Undercover and Capital and all these other brands where I could really like appreciate the history, appreciate the design and like, then there's like this whole resale market behind it also, which was great. You know, it, it, it was, 
it's truly like an iceberg and a rabbit hole. And like, once I kind of just let myself fall down as far as I could go, like I find myself just trying to keep digging deeper and like finding new brands now or finding new fashion shows. Like I wish I could show y'all, but I have like an entire list of like new brands to look at where I'm going down the line of their shows, looking at the pieces they've made, you know, learning a little bit about their history and, you know, just keeping, stay learning in fashion. I guess that's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah. And then in terms of like, I suppose when you're, th- when you're going through that there, you're going, I'm into mm. uh, vintage stuff. I'm into new stuff. I'm into finding stuff online. I'm, f- I'm into this sort of thing. Would you say that you're yeah. mainly a vintage guy? Uh, yeah. I, I, so I will always have like a love for vintage. I, I, that, I mean, that's where I started, um, at least in the resale or like learning about these markets. Um, but I would say like, the way I dress nowadays, I, I mix designer and vintage pretty like fluently. So uh, I'll, I mean, sometimes I'll put on a full vintage fit, but the majority of the time, like, I mean, I'm wearing Chrome Hearts. This is a Yoji sweater, and I have vintage boots on and vintage pants on. So like, um, I, I I like to mix it. It 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 keeps the the it keeps my style like authentic to me, if that makes sense. So. I, I mean, I feel like I have a pretty good knowledge about the designer and archive markets now while having this like really solid, you know, fundamental understanding of vintage too. So um, as far as like streetwear goes, I would say, you know, I'm not too much into the reselling of sneakers or streetwear anymore. Um, I do like, I, you know, I have a pre- uh, appreciation for the newer guys and like underground streetwear a lot. That's where my interest is if I'm buying a streetwear brand, it's going to be with someone like that. But, um, you know, I, I came from selling re- like streetwear sneakers and vintage and vintage is the only one that stayed with me from, from that aspect. Then you also started your own brand. So let's get into that for a bit now. So yeah. tell us about the brand is called SIL. So tell us about yes. why you started the brand in the first instance. Yeah. So, um, like I said, kind of beforehand, it was where my, you know, artistic journey met this current fashion love, those kind of came together. And now I feel like what I'm doing and why I'm making it is more just to create quality products to create this, like, I feel like with all, all of the things I learned from going to these like apparel sourcing shows to learning like fully how to make graphics and do graphic design. And then also this kind of library of fashion history that I can pull from, it it really lets me execute my vision a lot better than, you know, when I started. So I feel like I'm a lot more grounded and my foundation is stronger, if that makes sense. So now I'm here sitting in 2023, looking at a whole year, creating a, a, a spring collection, a fall collection and revising, editing. I am going to be sampling, um, like a large amount of products, I'd probably say, you know, like maybe like 10 to 12 per season. So splitting, splitting it up with spring, summer and fall, winter, um, sampling those and then doing quality control checks down the line of, do I like this product? Do I think it fits in the collection? Um, does it, you know, have what does, does the product have the quality that I want? And then from there, create the content around those products that, you know, I do end up liking, 
have that whole project behind me. So I have the, the content and the marketing and then, you know, we'll go and see, is this something that, you know, I want to go full, you know, large quantity run or just stick to the small stuff. So I, I do like to do it this way just because I can kind of keep, I can keep the quantity low and then I can also keep that exclusivity high. And at the same time, I still have people asking me every day if I, if they can still buy a hoodie. So <laughs> when are they coming for people that are asking, like, do you, do you have the answer or do you tell people it's coming soon? Yeah, it's coming soon. Um, I, I am getting the, the first sample probably at the probably halfway mark into January. And then, um, if it's just like the most perfect sample, nothing needs to be edited, then definitely like the start of February is going to be when that hoodie drops. Yeah. Nice. And how are you funding this as a business owner? Um, so I have some sponsorships with like with Grail that have a sponsorship. I just got one with a, a store here in Dallas called Second Street. Um, they're like a national thrifting store uh, in the US. So um, funding through there. And then I have money saved up from previous drops that I've done where it's just the low quantity stuff. And then I also have that the the good old jobby job that supports me so nice. yeah we yeah. all do everyone you speak to is well lots of people are all self-funding it and you know you've got to give people a lot of respect right for going out and doing their day job and then in the yeah. evenings and any minute they have they're working on their hustle right yeah it's a it's a lot of work it's it it can get pretty demanding at times so you know uh definitely advice is uh take a break when you feel like you have to so you know you don't want to get burnt out because that burnout lasts longer than the break that you're just going to take for yourself definitely definitely and yeah. you mentioned um you mentioned earlier about like brand vision and storytelling what exactly mm -hmm. is the i suppose the story that you want your brand to tell and what kind of people yeah. are you, what kind of people are you trying to resonate with yeah, absolutely. So um, within the brand itself, it's all about kind of pushing positivity, pushing this message of, you know, love, happiness, all that good stuff. And then individually in the collections themselves, there's a, a like a deeper story inside of it. So with Shadowstock, the whole idea is that there's this concert going on based off Woodstock. So I've created, you know, I have this mix and radio of the live concert going on. So that's an added, you know, kind of thing that goes along with the drop that people can kind of, they either they can find it or, you know, the, it will be put out for them. Um, and then besides that, you know, I have a little bit with the content itself telling that story of this concert that's going on. And that's just kind of you know, I, I really appreciate that storytelling aspect because in me, and I, I don't know if you guys know Tanner Dean, but we, we were on, um, he's another content creator, but we were on a live, I think like two nights ago, and we were ta talking about the importance of narrative and fashion, where it's like, you want to create this kind of whole universe around your brand and allow people to just be able to like deep dive into whether it's just one collection for example, like with how Raph Simmons did with uh, May the Circle Be Unbroken or, you know, it's just an entire like brand universe, like with the brand Hamkus, where they have like 
this whole like interstellar like group and there's different factions and each different style of clothes is part of like a different faction and it, it, I, if you guys haven't seen that stuff i definitely recommend it because it's like they have like a whole language per each you know like each story so it's just like it's it's wild like they really go like the full nines but with what i'm doing i do want to tell those stories individually so like with my my fall collection i want to make a short film that goes alongside and tells in a full story i don't i don't want to you know give too many details about what the story actually is but um I want to pair that so it, it tells the story of the clothes while the characters are wearing them. Was there something like a moment when you were like, oh, I saw this piece, I saw this designer, I learned this piece of information and it was like, now I want to start the brand? Yeah, yeah. Um, at least for me, I think it was, and it wasn't, you know, what's interesting is it wasn't really like a, a catalyst as far as like fashion goes. Um, there was like, I was at, a museum in San Antonio and there was this painting um, called she is love so that's why I say SIL um, and I was just like and it's not like a like a picture of a person it's just a complete abstract and but the way that the painting it it forms all these colors like so beautifully and so symmetrically and when I was looking at it I just like saw it and I was like I felt like this wave of just like inspiration and creativity and just like absolute like appreciation for the beauty that like art can do to somebody. And that was definitely one of those moments where it's just like, bam, like I, I definitely know like this is kind of the avenue that I want to go. Like that feeling it is very hard to feel like a second time. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Is this like your main like creative outlet, would you say? Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely would say um, so. I, I like to keep a balance between the brand and content creation. So I feel like it's like almost like a seesaw. Like if, I, if I'm feeling like really inspired on content, the, the brand and creating clothes kind of takes that back seat. And then if I'm really inspired on creating or like clothes, then content creation takes that back seat. So there's a little push and pull between the two, but. I always have my focus, like whether it like with content, you know, you could be like walking down the street and then you see something and it's like, oh, that's a video. But with like creating clothes, that kind of just stays like in your subconscious, like 99% of the day. So it's always there. Like I'm always thinking about it. And then I have those days where I just work on that. Yeah. Nice. And I've seen in your content as well that you're like actively still learning off your own back about fashion. Like you've taken a course recently, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. So inside LVMH, I, I also just did a video on it. Um, I, you know, so I, I got accepted to the Fashion Institute of Technology in New York. I'm currently saving up to like actually go and do like go back to college and get a, a degree in fashion. Um, but in the meantime, I want to do as much, you know, courses that I can just to help me continue like learning. Like that's for anybody. I like, that's like, if you're like past school, like always just keep learning. Like, it's just like so much better than just like thinking that, you know, everything and thinking that, you know, like this is where it ends, you know, like, uh, besides inside LVMH, I'm taking a marketing course, but 
with inside LVMH, like it teaches you about the fundamentals of the luxury industry. It really goes in depth about like the, how do I say this? Like what defines what a luxury product is, the luxury market itself, oncoming trends of the luxury market. And then, you know, you get to choose like some subcategories like, like creation and branding and then supply chain and operations or marketing and, uh, and like retail sales, for example. But um, when I was in the creation and branding side of things, like that's where I really got to understand, you know, what the, like what inherently makes a luxury brand a luxury brand? Like how do they, like what is their mindset when they're creating products? What is their mindset when they're like continuing to have this like luxury ideal? And that really kind of let me change my perspective. So I got to bring kind of like dial back what I was doing as far as creating clothes, look back at the brand and like was able to see like for a specific example, there's these things called like brand DNA and brand codes. That's a big thing they talk about where there's whether it's like Louis Vuitton's monogram or like Bottega Veneta using that specific shade of green. There's things that signify that that is, you know, linked to that brand. So, you know, that lets me kind of think, okay, hey, maybe there's more to this than, you know, slapping my logo on a t-shirt or slapping like just a a random design on a, a hoodie. You know, there's ways that you can kind of identify that this is your brand. And if you keep that just consistent in what you're making, then, you know, that it goes a long way in kind of instilling that brand recognition as a whole. Obviously, like going back to university or college, as you guys call it, is is a big investment of one time and two money. Do you think that investment will be beneficial compared to say, I don't know how long the course is, but maybe three years of investing and giving the brand as as much time as you possibly can? What, What do you think about that? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think there's that, that's a really good question because you can always do it yourself and there's more than enough. Um, let's say like there's more than enough resources online to, to definitely do that and learn. Um, and, but I think at the same time, what fashion, like, like a university or college does for you is you're around other people like you, like 90% of your day. So, you can learn a lot more on the creative side, on, you know, the technical side. You just, you, you get established with this amazing network around you while you're actually learning the fundamentals and the technical skills that you need to do. So I think it's like, it's almost like an incubator for like a, a startup company. You know, you put a bunch of startups all around each other and they're going to bounce ideas off each other. And I think that's what these universities are, are really, really good at doing. Um, I mean, if you, you look, I mean, if we're going back in fashion history, like the Antwerp six all came out of the same like university and area. And that's just like beautiful to me because I, I don't, I don't know too much whether they were like friends in college, but like, that would be crazy. Um, but like, that's what I'm trying to say. Like you get like this beautiful little incubator of creativity and just, people that love fashion. And that's like, it allows you to just kind of hone in and focus on what you're doing. 
Um, besides that, especially like FIT, you get to be in New York. So you're in like the creative hub of America. So, you know, that, that's a definite plus too, but you know, it is a big investment of time and money. So, you know, like I think there's definitely a good balance in between those if you can and you feel like if you have the resources to it to be able to do it i think you know that option should be something you consider but if it's more of like a kind of life or death situation if you have to go and you gotta like bust tables and struggle then maybe that's not the best idea and learning kind of that grassroots and doing it yourself is you know the better route because at the end of the day you're gonna understand like those technical skills and that that uh, creative aspect if you're doing, you know, if you're like fully force on learning it yourself, like no doubt about that. Yeah, definitely. You've got the opportunity cost, haven't you, of the three years of giving it a yeah. go. But then on the other side, as you said, you're not going to build a network sitting in your bedroom doing Coursera courses. And that network may, yeah. may allow you to fly quicker in those three years than you would have done in the three years just giving it a go by yourself. Right? You're a big thrifter, as they call mm-hmm. it in the US, right? Um, yes. We'd love to understand a bit more about the kind of state of the thrifting market in the US. Like, do you guys buy from charity shops? Do you have dedicated shops? It sounds like that, you know, buy these items in bulk and then kind of sift through them. I have Mm. a friend who used to, when he first started his business, he was literally walking from charity shop to charity shop and then reselling stuff. So it sounds like you've done a bit of that in the past as well. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a lot of... um different kind of avenues to get your vintage items nowadays you can go to like these charity shops and and you know you got racks on racks of like depending on the size you know there's massive amounts of of clothes in these places sometimes so you can go through and try and find the items that might have resale value or might not or if you're just you know shopping for yourself you can do that too or there's these you know thrift resale stores that kind of work with these rag houses across the US. So all of that product goes to these rag houses that gets donated and then these stores will buy in bulk from them, get it sent to them and it's already kind of sifted through so they they got a good amount of product where they can just kind of, you know, tag it, put it on the rack, you know. Um that's for someone who's kind of been in the game a little bit longer, but um as far as, you know, doing the real deal thrifting, it can get a little hard nowadays. I'm not going to lie. I mean, there's so much, so many, like with the popularity of thrifting, like nowadays, it's, you will see at least one other fashion person, like in a thrift store at a time, you know, like you'll see some dude in Doc Martens or Boston Burks, like taking all the good stuff, you know? So, um, it, it, it's hard because there's a lot of competition nowadays. Um, but at the same time, if you're kind of dedicated, like you will get blessed. There's also places like the Goodwill bins. This is another place where, you know, they just dump piles of clothes and then you just sift through them and try to find products. Um, a lot of my friends, they do that. And, you know, they found like real, really, really good. Like someone's found Chrome hearts at the thrift someone recently just found like this Kurt Cobain vintage tea. There's, you know, plenty of opportunity and 
they I mean, I'm sure you guys have seen the the like day at the bins like TikToks where someone will just find someone yeah, someone will spend the day there and then they'll do like a time lapse of all the products they found and you know, it'll amount to like a three hundred dollar, you know, resale. So there's definitely, you know, opportunity if you're dedicated to to spending that time because it it can get real at the bins. I'll just tell you that. I've never heard of these um, goodwill bins before. I'm just imagining a load of people fighting around them, like literally yeah. pulling clothes apart. Like, is that yeah. what happens? Or, or is uh, it not yeah, like that? yeah, sometimes, sometimes. If 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 you and your homie identify like a a high value product, it's it's really the first person to grab it wins, man. Like. And I, I mean, I've heard stories of people fighting over like off whites at the at the bin. So yeah, there's like a whole like are people actually like getting in fights type type shit. So yeah, there's there's definitely. <laughs> I'm gonna have to look these up after this call. Goodwill bins, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. I don't think we have yeah. them in the UK, do we? Mm. Not in a, not in like in the bin sense, and like no. like where because these are like just paint us a picture right these yeah. are like literally like massive vats of clothes right they they are huge yeah. they're like are they are they really tall or are they just sort of so like, like very long they're probably like about like five feet wide and like probably four feet tall oh wow so, so you yeah could get, you could physically get in it if you wanted to <laughs> yeah <laughs> a yeah. paddling pool yeah. of clothes yeah no, definitely yeah so and it's, they're just like these massive warehouses and they'll have like rows of these bins and then, like, they have cycle out time, so they'll, like, bring in new stuff. And then, you know, it's it's a whole new, like, a bunch of clothes. So, those, um, those Yeezy did that. Yeezy did that with Gap, right? He had the bins that were... Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. he had them in, in massive bins and stuff. So, it's kind of... he's He was kind of emulating that kind of experience. Um, but that's kind of how it is, like... Awesome. And you said about it's getting ever more difficult to... Um, probably make a success of thrifting but it sounds like if you've got enough kind of ambition to do it you can i think in the uk yeah. i think in the uk like a lot of the charity shops now they've even got people in there that kind of know their clothes now when you go in and stuff isn't stuff isn't a good deal like stuff's quite yeah. expensive sometimes in these charity shops i don't know if it's the same over there yeah it, and it is getting that way i mean with goodwill now turning for profit you know they're a, they're a corporate monster now um they're like getting smart about the what they're pricing their their products at like um i was at a goodwill like in arizona like a couple of weeks ago and i found a pair of like vintage levi pants and they were like 20 bucks and i was like like this would never happen like this yeah. <laughs> i was like what the heck like and it's not like those like market for those are probably around like 40, but you know, like still, you know, you're going to the thrift to get like a ridiculous profit margin, not like a 50%. You know? <laughs> and do you know what? A 50% profit margin is quite good. And we also yeah. have to remember that money is going to charity. So it's not that bad. Yeah. Right? <laughs> well, not anymore. Not with Goodwill. If it's True. like Salvation Army. Yes. Yeah. But not with Goodwill. A lot of them now have like, they'll have an online store, an eBay account as well, so that they can put the stuff that is a bit more um, designer on there and get even more money for it as well. So yeah, I think maybe the best days of thrifting may be in the past, but I may be wrong. Yeah. I, you know, I think just with the, there's so many like corporations are now paying attention to this resale market. You know, we see so much emphasis like being looked at now because 
the, this was like something that was ours, you know, for a very long time since like 2016, it was just the people's kind of market, you know what I'm talking about? Um, and now we got all eyes on us, you know, you got places like StockX, you have eBay, you know, looking at this even closer now, you have Goodwill. So there's a lot more, and, and that does breed competition. So there is a lot more competition. So I wouldn't necessarily say the best days are over, but there is more people looking for a product. But if you have the knowledge of, you know, the good stuff, those new kind of people that have just gotten into the game, they might look over and pass over that stuff. So there's still, you know, that, that experience is going to trump, you know, just being there, you know, every day. So yeah, I suppose it's about trying to identify some trends before everyone else gets on top of them as well. My friend Ryan is very good at doing that. And I'd say one that he's kind of identified in the UK before it really started taking off was the like worker shirts and also yeah. the Cuban the Cuban shirts. He mm-hmm. got in on them and everyone else was just passing them up in the kind of like bins or wherever he gets his clothes from. So yeah, yeah, yeah. trying to identify the next trend before everyone else has got onto it because they'll just be sifting through okay no we don't want that yeah absolutely and and there's so many you know the beauty about vintage is there's so many different avenues nowadays too like when it first started i feel like the majority you know we were just reselling vintage tees and like jackets and you know the like big windbreakers and and like that night that true 90s nostalgia but now there's like there's places like afterhoods or um even like no maintenance when they were, you know, primarily selling vintage instead of their brand, there's like, they're focusing more on pieces to style, not necessarily like just that nineties nostalgia, you know, or like that Y2K aesthetic. Like you can have like sixties pants paired with like a really nice Cuban shirt, like how, kind of how you're saying. And like, that's for me, that's kind of where I'm seeing like vintage, like, I guess the next step for it, because you know, you can stay in this kind of 90s kind of vintage t-shirt kind of ideal or, you know, now now there's so many subcategories of vintage where you can kind of find your home and focus on the curation of that kind of aesthetic instead. So that's that's really, that's the beauty of it nowadays, at least. Like, we're not all just trying to fight over the same product. Like, yeah. I mean, there are people fighting over multiple different categories of products, but... At least it's not everybody at the same time. If someone wanted to make the best profit margins in 2023, what items should they be looking at that maybe no one else is thinking about at the minute? Tell um, us your secrets. Yeah. Um, well, see, I guess personally for me, I'm just looking, there's this whole Y2K macro trend going on right now. So you can really, I feel like, focus either on that macro trend, whether it's like really cool text tees or these like, very stylish loud prints like with ed hardy for example that's one um or you know you can go that route of true vintage because there's this whether it's like military gear or like just really stylish you know 50s hoodies there's a lot of different avenues that you could pick that are the best profit margins for 2023 with vintage um, I wouldn't necessarily say, you know, focus on like the, the graphic tees or the vintage tees anymore. I, I, I'm really thinking like that's going to take that kind of like 
it's always going to be there. Like that's the fundamental, you know, thrifting is identifying vintage t-shirts. And that's always something that's going to sell. But I think that's really going to take that back, back seat to that Y2K vintage items, the true vintage. And then especially like workwear too, like workwear is always super solid, whether it's the Carhartts or it's Levi's or, you know, even like Wilson leather jackets, for example, like there's so much that you can choose, but you definitely want to stick to one of those categories. You know, I, I wouldn't necessarily, there's like a specific product, but I definitely say like the sauce to being a successful seller in 2023 is your career, like curation. It's curation over everything right now for me, at least like you want to stick to something. You want to show your story, whether and your taste even in that. And that's, that's your suit, like your secret sauce. Cause like your content's going to be based off that your products are going to resemble that. And then you have this story to tell within your business itself. I want to, I want to ask a question related to that. Where do you find all of these like new trends that, you, that come out? Because like for me, like I was going through it the other day and I was trying to find like trends for 2023, which we'll go, we're going to go on to shortly. And for me, it was like really hard to sort of find like, Gorkcore, like we didn't even know what that was before like we did the research right so like how are you how are you picking it up like how are you finding the trends so to be honest man i'm i'm like in the streets so like, <laughs> yeah. like with, with fashion like i'm i'm i feel like i'm always whether it's i'm like i'm in you know creating content for tiktok I'm at fashion markets all the time, like these like independent vintage sellers like i'm I'm literally gonna go to one right after this like so um, and then like, I'm at the grand opening for vintage stores. So I, I'm like in conversation and I'm around these people who are in this stuff, like a lot of the time, my, my roommate, he like sells vintage pretty much every day. So we're always talking about this stuff. So I'm always around someone buying or selling vintage or selling designer. So that's at least for, if we're talking about in a seller's kind of like lens, that's where I'm, I'm really able to identify the trends is just being around the stuff all the time. I do read like, I mean, there's Colted, uh, but that's more for like actual like fashion, fashion, Colted, uh, Faded Magazine. Let me see if there's like Archive PDF, Vogue Runway. Those are like the places I look at to really like get a better understanding of fashion history itself. But when it comes to trends and everything, it's it's really me just kind of being around this stuff. Going completely rogue here. I think that's a bit of a weakness yeah. with, with chat GPT. Like um, we've, yeah. we've been looking at that at the moment. Like it isn't really a subject matter expert on certain things. So like if you type in like the best streetwear trends of 2023, it doesn't have that piece mm. of intel. That's no. still where a human is needed. Until, until, yeah. you can, until you can train it on specific websites or you can tell it to go to the internet which will probably appear this year yeah. on chat gbt yeah. that would be yeah. an absolute game changer though yeah. or if you could That's tell true. it to watch certain videos and then come back and summarize it all for me yeah it's gonna yeah. be very it's gonna be very dangerous go on to brandon's tiktok tell yeah. us everything yeah. that he needs <laughs> so he knows all about <laughs> fashion yeah, download his brain yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> what i want to crack on with now is yeah. actually 2023 the the trends right yeah so um but do you know what? Leading back from what we were just talking about, I actually asked ChatGPT this question. Did you? I did. Oh, yeah? Um, Brandon well, will be able to tell you if it's any good or not. Well, yeah, yeah. I asked him this question. and I have to say, like, I don't know, Brandon, a lot of the answers were fairly shit. So, like, 
some of the highlights I would say is like military. It said that camo and military was going to be quite popular this year, mm-hmm. which I don't know. I think you agree with. Uh, I, I I don't know necessarily about camo, but I think military, like vintage military garments. Yes, I would say yeah, most definitely. Okay, cool. So so out of I asked it for ten recommendations. That was by far the best. Yeah. So out of the ten recommendations, it's got one, nice. and actually really only half one because it said camo as well okay. as military. So that was interesting. <laughs> so. So one that uh, I didn't like, I've heard about it. I've seen it in practice, right? I've mm. seen it out in the street, but I didn't know what it was called is Gorkcore. Yes. Right. That's what we're calling it. Can yeah. you explain to us not knowing anything about this, what the hell it is? Yeah. Yeah. So the origins of Gorkcore is like, it comes from like granola court, like granola culture. So it's like people that are like out mountain, like climbing mountains and hiking and stuff. That's the kind of, outerwear that they would wear so and then it got really popular with like Arteryx and then it started getting like you got like parachute pants and then like hiking boots started coming in and then yeah people just wanted to dress like they were out for a hike except you know they've never touched a mountain in their life where did this come from mate like i said man it i i wish i was i was kidding but it's literally kids wearing arteryx and turning on the shower and the the water just like falling off of them and they're like see i'm completely dry like everyone is wearing it now i like i was talking with jake before and we were talking about north face as as the case study right yeah the what we wanted to chat with you about is like what is their secret? Like, how did they become, go from like a mountaineering brand that was like talking about climbing Everest yeah, to then being like a brand that like pretty much everyone, like, I don't know what it's like over there. Tell me, mate. Cause like yeah, in the yeah. UK, every teenager up to the age of about 25, all of them are wearing a North Face jacket pretty much 24 seven. Yeah. Right no, I mean like, I, I think it's like definitely in the mid like fifth or the mid 2000s maybe 2010 era, like we have like North Face start collabing with a bunch of brands. Like there's the Supreme collab that's like now just like coveted. Um, they've collabed with Margiela. They've collabed with like Gucci. There's so many times where they've like kind of implemented themselves and put themselves in this fashion world where now you see these big North Face puffers and I mean, I'm not going to lie. They're beautiful, dude. Like I, I want like a purple big North face puffer, like super bad, you know, but they're also madly expensive. <laughs> like even on the resale market and like vintage ones go for even more. So it's, it's definitely tough. But I think with all of this, like them collabing with these other fashion, actual fashion brands, not necessarily like, like more targeted for like outerwear and, you know, doing the whole hiking thing. But them putting themselves in that kind of conversation of like, yo, this actually does look stylish and you can make this look really, really cool. And then that with, you know, whether it's rappers wearing it or influencers wearing it. And then, I mean, you can even look on Pinterest on Gorkcore, like you're going to see like at least like three out of 10 photos that people are wearing like North Face jackets. Yeah. It's just like that kind of going mainstream essentially yeah. i mean originally when north face was built they would have gone right our target market is x y and z middle-aged people that like to go hiking yeah. with walking sticks and then now their target market they couldn't really define it because it's just everyone so yeah. i suppose i don't know if it was part of their plan or if i wouldn't even happened. say it was there. i think it, i don't I know, think it so. was everyone i think they've got like an audience now like i think they've got like a young 
sort of like 20 something audience that they're going to ask their mum and dad for the North, North Face jacket. Yeah. Like that's pretty much it, right? Would yeah. you agree, Brandon? I would definitely agree. I think, I mean, they do have their like, their, their hiking products still for sure. But I think yeah. there is definitely that new segmented market of kids in fashion that want to get those North Face jackets. Would you say that North Face is a fashion brand now? Yeah, I think I, I would. I mean, it's stylish enough to be like I, I'm if I see a North like someone wearing North Face and it's styled cool, like I'm definitely, you know, I'm complimenting them. So <laughs> I have to say, like the when you find someone with a really cool design, because there's there's got they've got ones with prints on now. There's ones with very bold colors. Like uh, you see the black and the blue ones, yeah. black and yellow, quite often. But yeah. ones where it has a really cool pattern that you're like, whoa, that's that's a piece that yeah. is that is interesting, right? Yeah. Uh, for me, I want the Margella North Face just so bad. It's just mad expensive. The like, let me about. 900 bucks yeah i love i love margella north face like that's definitely if i'm buying north face it's going to be that like i have to say though gortcore as a thing that i when i was looking at 2023 mm. and recommendations within streetwear that was by far the biggest one yeah would you say would you say that's like the biggest trend of the year for you so so you know stepping into 2023 gortcore has had such like a stronghold at least last year so and th this is something I've talked about before. It's going to be interesting to see whether it keeps like that, like that, like grip on people or whether, you know, people are going to move to the next thing. Um, I, I would definitely say it's probably like Y2K, like that whole Y2K aesthetic has been like skyrocketing like so much. And I feel like Gorpcore kind of has not necessarily like taken a backseat to that, but they're like, competing for that top spot right now so like it's going to be interesting like i said to see whether that gorp core stays as the top dog or if you know something else is going to trump it yeah i got it so another thing that i want to talk to you about is a video you made recently yeah um which was around the the jeans oh uh, yeah that this guy wore he wore them inside out right yeah. so we'll flash a we'll flash a screenshot of this video it's yeah. a guy that has a pair of what i would say sort of like that, were they flares kind of they're not really that i think they're, they're not, just like, baggy traditional flares. like they're just like like loose cut jeans like very baggy yeah. But... yeah so so this guy jake is wearing these jeans he puts them inside out the yeah. pockets are free God. right and he's wearing them very seriously he makes a whole outfit around yeah. around it brandon's joke which was hilarious which was like this guy's going to surely get a tote with him as well because he's not got any pockets he's like surely he's going to get a tote is he going to get a tote and at the end of the video he didn't have a tote bag which is a joke yeah he has no pockets hilarious there's like a moment where they're just trying to get some publicity right yeah what is your what is your thoughts on it are people like trying to make something cool and they're doing it just for the clicks like is that yeah. is that going to be a thing that just happens now so there's like yeah i it's it's really tough to navigate because when i when i saw that i was like there's no like if you want to have that style, there's like actual like, like inside out jeans, like, like that you can buy, for example, you know, like, and they'll have pockets. Like I saw that and I was like, ain't no way. Like this dude is like rocking this like IRL, like there's no shot. Um, but yeah, there's like, I I've seen this a lot where people, maybe it's for the clicks. Maybe they just want to be absurd, but like, there's just no way 
like this dude is rocking these jeans inside out. Like I saw that, and I like because the wash, like I like when he flipped them out, the wash looks cool, the cut looks cool, but like there's no functionality like whatsoever in that. And I was just like, like well, I, I don't know. I I see this a lot. I see this a lot, like especially on TikTok. So. I think people are just literally like throwing ideas at the wall to see what sticks. And uh, I don't know. (laughs) Would you, would you wear something and have you worn something purely for the look of it rather than like it being completely not functional? And Uh, just cause I like, I like the aesthetic of this piece. No, I, like all my clothes have functionality. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. going to say, because like for me, it's like I look at some pieces and I just think that's totally there for the catwalk or there for a yeah, picture yeah. and it's not there to actually like go out in. Yeah, you know, like I I believe that and there was like, you know, these people are wearing like really furry boots and I'm like, okay, like, I mean, it looks dope, you know, like it looks cool. Your feet must be sweating. Like it must be like really hard to, to walk around in those. And I was like, no one's wearing those like out in the wild, like on, on a day-to-day basis. I, I literally was at the grand opening of that store yesterday and I saw someone wearing them. I was like, okay, dude. I was like, that's cool. All right. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe people just have better style than me, but who knows? You know, like I, I'm a firm believer that like your clothes need to have like functionality. Um, and that's why I choose the brands that I do wear. Like just because they have that functionality. If there's a cool piece, I'm a rocket, you know, best believe me, but you know, it, it's got to make sense. You got to dress for the occasion, you know? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. So if, if I was coming to you, right. And I was going, mm. give me three of the key trends that are going to come up for this year. Cause Jake and I are going to completely change our wardrobes and do whatever you tell us to do. Yeah. What would you, what would you tell us to buy? Okay. Okay. So here's my 2023 trend predictions um yeah all right so i definitely think you know true vintage is gonna have probably a better you know hold on people than what it did beforehand um you know also y2k aesthetics whether that's ed hardy whether that's these loud graphics whether it's like oakley glasses for example or oakley products um and then lastly just archive 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 i mean it's it's only getting more popular designer goods archive clothing the whole nine yards like it's it's going to continue in popularity so i don't think you know i'm a firm believer that you know your style is subjective to you so if you kind of take those things and make something you're probably going to get a pretty stylish person Wow. Okay. So now I know what I'm buying. I'm literally Googling it right now. You yeah. Really put an order in. Have <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just buy, buy a bunch of Ed Hardy, buy, buy some Rick Owens and, uh, buy a like 1950s vintage hoodie and you're good. I love that Ed Hardy is coming back because that went through like what? Early 2000s. Was it early 2000s Ed Hardy? Would you say yeah. that? Yeah. I, I love Ed Hardy. I want to get more pieces. Like I, I literally love them so much. Do you remember that? Do you remember yeah, Atari back in the day, loud, Jake? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. yeah, yeah. The, uh, like the joggers with all the kind of dragon prints and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, not for me, not for me, man. No, no but Brandon can <laughs> pull it off far better than uh, me. <laughs> I literally, in all of my Daily Grail Farns videos, I have one Ed Hardy piece. Like, that was kind of like an experiment that I did at the beginning of like last year. 
Or yeah, yeah. Beginning of last year, I was like, I fucking love Ed Hardy, so I'm gonna start putting these in, and I'm gonna see if the value goes up. And you know, there's a slight, there's a slight uptick, so I was pretty happy about that. They come in. <laughs> yeah, this is it's interesting, isn't it? The like the investment piece side of it, because like it, I suppose it's almost it, it, it's almost cryptographic in a way. It's almost yeah. like you know, you're I'm betting on this thing. I think it's yeah. gonna come back into fashion. Like, uh, is there anything now that's like super not popular at all that you you're like initially investing in now because you're oh, like it's gonna dude, be big? Dude, hear me out. Okay, this isn't. I have no faith <laughs> that this is gonna be popular at all this okay? is this but for everyone listening now this is brandon's key thing so like <laughs> no, we're no, gonna no, no, literally no, cause not, a it's craze not, it's, not, <laughs> <laughs> it's not a key it's not a key this is like purely for me purely to be funny and this is like something i okay i don't know if you've seen the canes anti-social social club hoodie like no, the, okay so canes canes is like a southwest like uh like fried chicken spot in the u.s <laughs> all right and anti-social social club did a collab with them I, I thought this was great. This was a beautiful collab. It, and like Antisocial Social Club is not cool anymore whatsoever. It's like 2016. And I saw this Canes collab and I was like, I am buying that hoodie. I don't give a shit. So for me, I'm just wearing things that like, one, I think like there's so much fun in like when something's not cool and you wear it just for fun, you know, like I, at least in my mind, that's, that's kind of what I'm doing right now, at least specifically with that hoodie, like just having fun. Cause it almost like makes a parody of things. It's like, yeah. there's these people who like care so much about like how, like not necessarily how they look, but what they wear. So like throwing like in, in like them not knowing that I know just as so much about fashion as they do and i'm just like trolling them by wearing like a canes anti-social social club hoodie it's just like it feels so like uplifting it's great all of the girls socks of anti-social social club became yeah. completely <laughs> through the roof for no reason and all yeah. these people all these sellers are going why the fuck is this guy buying anti-social social club yeah. <laughs> yeah. so uh, the next one i wanted to talk to you about as well yeah. right is um something that called bloke core yeah oh uh, yeah can you, Brandon, can you explain love. to Jake what bloke core is? Yeah, so bloke core is just dudes cosplaying as guys that watch soccer. Like they're at, like, you know, they have the soccer jersey, they have the jeans, they probably have like a beer in their hand. And they just, they just, yeah, that's the whole thing. Funny story about this though is like I actually know uh, Brandon, the guy who started this. Not, not me, different Brandon. Um, Wait, you can take the credit. Yeah. <laughs> so his name is Brandon Huntley. And like he, he literally was just watching, he, like he loves soccer and he was just watching a game. And so he had his jeans, his sambas and a football jersey. And like he made like a quick video. Like it was like, it was literally like 10 seconds of him like in his apartment. And he's like, like, I, I don't remember the specific caption, but he just mentioned Blowcore once. And then this video just absolutely blows up. Everybody starts doing blowcore. He's talking to GQ. There's like mass, like mad, like famous, like people talking about blowcore. These influencers are like, this is the thing. This is the thing. And it all happened on accident. Like he, he, it all happened because he was making a joke. So I just think that's hilarious. <laughs>
I do love it. It's coming around. Yeah. Like we've, I've seen professional photo shoots of people wearing, uh, we call them Astros in the, in the, Astros. in the UK. So yeah. basically like, boot, yeah, like boots that you would wear playing football. Wow. And I've seen like, pr- like full GQ level photo shoot of people wearing wow. like an old school football shirt. And, and what yeah. Do they, what do they wear on their legs? They're, like jeans. Jeans. Yeah. You can wear like trackies, but like, uh, like the bloke core aesthetic yeah. is like, like standard, like old school Levi style yeah. jeans. Yeah. Astros and a football Are top. they wearing any like Stone Island with it or anything? No, 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 oh, no, no. no, no just football. No, shirts. it's not no, about the no. Stone. It's not, it's that's not a completely different the, market. It's yeah. not yeah. football hooligan vibe. It's no, it's not football. hooliganism. Uh-huh. Okay. It's like yeah. cosplaying, as Brandon said. It's like yeah. cosplaying as a bloke, as a lass. Yeah, yeah. When you're not, when you're not really allowed. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it was ridiculous. Like when he told me that, when he was like, "Yeah, like I just, I did it as a joke." I was like, "So you're telling me all of this happened for no reason?" <laughs> I just want to say thank you to Brandon Huntley as yeah. well as you, Brandon, as well, right? I just want yeah. to say thank you for allowing me to wear probably one of the most comfortable pairs of shoes I have <laughs> and wear football shirts, which I have a load of, with jeans. In And I'm now cool. I'm cool. cool. Yeah. Thank yeah. you so much, Brandon. I really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. I just... Dude, I'm at a loss for words that that one even happened. I'm not even going to lie, but you're welcome. Like, it happened. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I totally love that. Is there anything, is there any other trends that are coming up that uh, you, that you found interesting that, that we can mention? Um, yeah, there's definitely like, like, so this is another thing I want to talk about because this is kind of what happened with this core. And there's like, dude, there's so many cores that make your freaking head spin nowadays. Like... <laughs> Um, where are people finding these cores? cores is it just reddit like are we just getting it on dude is I there our bloke core yeah dude, that's actually a great question that would be <laughs> something to find out but there is um so there's this one called business core and that's pretty much your cosplaying as someone go into the office so you're not necessarily <laughs> like wearing like suits and stuff but you're wearing like varsity jackets with like a tie for whatever reason i i don't really see like like it looks cool, don't get me wrong, and you're professional or whatever, but like it's so funny because like this probably like people started dressing like this and it's like always like one mass content creator, like one who has a lot of followers will like talk about the score and then like the next level talks about it and then the next level talks about it and then the next level talks about it and then like the genuine genuine populace is just like, yeah, we love this. This core is great. And they're like, protect like they they're like putting it on and stuff and it's like oh man with that one in particular what i want to do is like i want to see people dressing up you know like they're in wall street with like the patagonia gilets i want to see people dressing up in like like a very formal suit setting there's like different ways of doing it aren't there there's there's definitely some parodies to be had there yeah that, that would be interesting if people like actually like trolled these people and like here let me see i'm pulling up a picture right now like yeah, so dude's wearing a leather jacket. He has a cigarette in his mouth. He has a white button down, a black tie, and black slacks with boots. That's, <laughs> oh that's the thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this trend started getting popular probably like late last or like late 2022. And then I'm like scrolling on TikTok and then I see this video and it's like, 10 or it's like three trends I'm tired of and it's like business core and I'm like dude this literally like I reacted to the video because I was like this literally like people just started talking about this like at least like in the mainstream sense like 
there's no re- like how are you tired of this like there's no way <laughs> it's just guys that don't have dress shirts in their closet like, no, that's what it is. <laughs> they, they bought all of their like their like football jerseys and everything and now like someone's talking about wearing business suits and they're like god damn it i'm like late <laughs> So, yeah. And, and I mean, that's just the thing with TikTok too. Like I always take the trends that go around on there, like with a grain of salt, at least for me, because like, like I said, I just dress for me. I don't like really like like to do that. I mean, honestly, a bloke core fit does sound pretty comfortable. So it might have to try that one out. They <laughs> that's like, the oh, that's what? the that's the Aveste, uh, a 20, 2023 trend of the year. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> it's, it's not business core, so it's got to be this. Yeah, <laughs> but like these trends, they move so fast on TikTok. It's like they like it's like a a bullet train that just like reaches. And I mean, it makes sense because you have this network of content creators pushing the same idea where then like it gets to that mainstream audience and then like they start liking some pictures about or like they like start liking some videos about let's say business core for example and then their whole feed is business core and they're like i'm tired of this i'm done i want to see something new you know so like the the trend cycle on tiktok moves so fast so like you just get settled in one thing and then someone's probably going to talk about like like let's make a core right now let's figure it out like let's Let's see. Yeah, this is good. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do a segment now where yeah. we're trying to make something cool. Yeah. Like something that is totally, totally not cool, cool yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, I love it. I love this idea. What like yeah. We could we could be trendsetters right now. Yeah, exactly. Coming up we, with something we new. We could we could let's put on our best thinking caps and uh, Can we can we bring back leather? Yeah. Is leather core. Leather like, core. Should we just we could do that? Leather core. Leather yeah. Core. All leather. leather all, trousers. All leather. Oh, oh. Leather trousers. Leather trousers. Disco, disco core. core. Disco core. Disco core. Jake, you would love that. Yeah. 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 Disco core. Yep. Uh, like very loud, button-down pattern shirts, flare yeah, pants. Yeah. Tassels on the. Yeah. Tassels yes. on the arms. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> we got the round glasses. It's like bohemian, except yep. we're going to the club. So that's that's a yeah. great idea. Done. Yeah, done. We need to do that. Let's let's release a video tomorrow about yeah. disco core. Yeah. We'll see how far it goes. <laughs> Dude, if that accidentally blows up, I'm gonna just like lose my mind. That's like the last straw. That's the straw that breaks breaks my back, bro. <laughs> we'll do we'll do a social experiment where we clip up the, only the bit that we just described, like yeah. all of the elements of what disco core is, <laughs> and we'll put a few pictures of people wearing disco core, and we'll just release it yeah. and see how it goes. Just do uh, that picture of Owen Wilson from Zoolander, where he's like, oh. yeah, yeah, it's like disco. We we'll use the audio as well. Yeah, that's yeah, super yeah. popular right yeah. now. Yeah, dude, that's perfect we're done that's easy oh we've nailed it right we've got a so basically guys if you ever want to come up with a trend for yourself we've just literally given you a step-by-step yep. way of doing it that you, is... you come up with a thing you get a cultural reference you find the items that are part of it you release a tiktok you get your you get eight friends to also release a tiktok yeah and then you've created a trend yeah and then you just let it let it do its thing <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna be we should yeah. definitely release you that also set up a little shop and cash in as well yeah in the short term. yeah shut us up your shopify yeah. and just go for it yeah oh don't don't worry i'm on it already another <laughs> thing i wanted to chat to you about yeah. is like collaborations mm. right do you do you think that like collaborations are actually like they're not that useful or they are you a bit so, sick of them yeah i, I think it, it just depends when it, it comes to the collaboration um i mean there's like been like like nike sakai and like like uh what is the clot 
they did like a triple collab and I was like, this is too far. This is way too far. Like that's too much collabs. Um, I think when it's done tastefully and it's like an authentic collaboration, more like kind of how like Oakley and Braindead did it, where it's like actually it's a cool product. It's two cool companies. Um, it, it makes a lot more sense. Um, like another one, like I'm literally here, I'll pull it up eventually, but like, I'm, I, I don't know if you guys watch anime, but I love like Chainsaw Man and I also love Yoji Yamamoto and Yoji Yamamoto and Chainsaw Man are doing it. Like they did a collab and it's not like just like printed t-shirts. Like it's like genuine pieces. And I, like, I need something from that collection. Like that is just like, so if it's like if it's in your market and it's the things you like, whether it's like antisocial social club and canes or chainsaw man and Yoji Yamamoto, like, he's really trying to sell out the antisocial social club hoodies, and there's something going on here. I don't trust it. No, don't worry. There's no premeditation like disco core. This is just this is just just quality. Off the for your for your brand, yeah. Would you would you collab with someone? Uh, I think I would definitely collab with like another uh, underground brand, probably. Yeah. Um, if I got you know very big, then I would be more selective with who I'm collabing with. Like, ideally, I would want to work with Margella. I love Margella. Um, or Yoji Yamamoto. I also love them. CDG is another one. Not CDG Play, but like Comme des Garcons. Um, <laughs> but like. On the ground floor level, like I would like to collab. There's like some good Dallas brands here. My friend makes these T-shirts with. Uh, it's called Vermont, and it's it's great. So I, I definitely want to collab with him. Um, and then like as I start growing, there's like brands like Pain Star, Kentucky Boy Tyler, uh, No Faith Studios. Those are just some some of the guys that I really like. Didn't like their products, so I would love to do a collaboration with them. Yeah, super interesting. So you basically practice what you preach because yeah. if you you know if you don't believe in collaborations uh, and you think that you're sick of them, yeah, and you wouldn't do them yourself, there's something a bit there's something a bit wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, see, like I and even in content, as long as like the collaboration is organic and it makes sense, like I'm all for it. You know, uh, like when content create creators are like doing sponsorships for like, uh, I don't want to like call anybody out, but there's like a dude who specifically like works with like urban outfitters and pack sons and like places like that. And it's just like, can't do it. I can't do that. Like, even if they offered me like a fat amount of money, I would still say no. Like I just, I, I care about showing my audience. Like if it's going to be a paid advertisement, it's going to be something that makes sense for me and my audience. I'm not just looking out for myself. Yeah. Got it. Got it. That was that was fascinating. I find all of those cores cores are just ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Did you did did you even know about? I've that? only seen business core. I hadn't heard of um the football one. Bloke bloke core. core. Never heard of that. You never heard of disco core. Mm, no. Well, no, you will you will real soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just wait. <laughs> we go into the the brand new round. We almost need like some like theme music for this. Yeah. This is going to be the da, brand da, new da, round. Da, da, da. Thank you, thank you very much. That's going to be streetwear news roundup. We're going to talk about some of the the latest interesting news yes. with probably the best person <laughs> in the world to talk about streetwear news, Brandon. Yes, <laughs> Brandon. F- question number one. Yes. What? the fuck has happened to Balenciaga? Uh, yeah, that is a tough, tough conversation to have. They got caught in a whole controversy with uh, like virtual bad stuff. I don't want to go too much in detail, but 
Um, then, so they're trying to shift blame to a, the agency that they used to do the photo shoot. It was very, there's just a lot of mixed messages there, like very negative connotation to the images, uh, pertaining children. And then, um, yeah, they're trying to sue that agency and saying it was all their fault, but it's like, how do you, how, like, do you just like overstep all of this stuff? Like, you know, like the, it's just, they put like BDSM products with children. Like there's no, like who is like, this is a fantastic idea. You know, like that is terrible. It's just totally, it's just totally, totally wrong. And there's, I think what the worst part of it for me is that they haven't, have they apologized? I haven't really yeah, seen like, yeah. like, like them coming out and apologizing. So, have they actually yeah, done it? They've made, they've done an apology. Demna has apologized. And they also, this isn't like a direct apology, but they were, there was like a point in time where they were offering like free sunglasses and like card holders. So like, and this like conveniently happened like two weeks after this whole controversy started happening. So, you know, but you know, at the same time, everyone was like, burn their Balenciaga, cancel Balenciaga, but Balenciaga sales are up. Balenciaga products are still selling out. And people are still wearing Balenciaga. So, like, I don't know. I, I don't know, like, where this kind of contrast, because, like, whoever burned their Balenciaga is dumb as hell. Do you reckon they're going to suffer in the long term? Or do you reckon this is just going to be one of those things that just, they just ride out and they're back? I and think they're just going to ride out. Like, once the next collection comes out, everyone's going to be just on the same thing. Like, still loving Balenciaga. It's so weird. Like the way, like I have to say, if this was like an influencer that had dressed their kid up, if it was an individual, I think regardless of who that individual was, I would oh, yeah, be no, in serious, no, yeah. serious trouble. Yeah, see, it's a lot harder to hold an entire company accountable versus like just a person. Like a person you can point at, like this company, like it's like a mass collective of people. So it's like you really can't, like, like as much as Twitter tries, they really can't, you know, beat beat it yeah it's hard i mean like i think you know they've they've tried to prove their point that it's not their fault or whatever but like like i said it's just so hard to hold a company accountable you know what i'm saying but also brandon someone signed that off. yeah no exactly multiple people have signed multiple people yeah did. so so to sue to sue the creative agency when you've ultimately got the power like when you yeah. work with the creative agency you've you've 100 percent got the power to go no do that reshoot yeah, yeah exactly like, that's not cool and you would be in the brainstorm session where you actually go like yeah let's do this yeah that didn't happen by no accident. exactly you know and and there's like like there's even like court documents referencing this stuff like in the like whether it's like on the table or something so it's like very subtly done so i don't I, it's just like so confusing how they thought they were gonna like pull this off and like like think they're like edgy and cool for that like when it's just like disgusting you know yeah yeah it's wrong it's wrong so summary wrong weird that they've come back yeah but they're back bigger yeah. than ever. super very worse. weird next news round do, do we do the jingle again no nah. never again <laughs> okay <laughs> let's go on to um rave simmons so explain that for us mate peace uh he didn't die but rest in peace raf simmons you know clothing label uh after you know a very long time of being open he's shutting down his doors uh, it does make sense why he's doing it um i also spoke with some other people about this too like his new products just aren't selling he's got this like super like Everyone loves Raph Simmons archive products. No one really buys Raph Simmons 
2020 products, you know, it's harder to sell because I mean, the profit margins are, or not the profit margins, but the price point is still super high. Like it's still ridiculously high, but there's no, there's a lot less resale value in that. So I'd rather spend a thousand dollars on an archive RAF Simmons product that is going to continue to, you know, the value is only going to continue to go up. We can carry on um, with uh, with our final segment of the podcast, yes, um, where we're going to talk about some brands that need to do better. Perfect. <laughs> it's another fun one. It's another uh, section that we we thought would be quite interesting. So, yeah. are there are there some brands that you can think of off the bat that you're like, come on, you've had a yeah. really oh, bad 2022. Absolutely. You need to pick it up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, First, we're going to have Alix and Givenchy. Um, dude, I love Matthew Williams. I love what he's done. You know, his work is great. But with Alix recently, I mean, and he's torn between two labels, so it makes sense. But like the shows have just been kind of boring. Even at Givenchy, like it's kind of been boring. His, his 2022 uh, couture show was amazing. And everything after that at Givenchy, I've been just like, very bored with it's just not very appealing to me it seems like he's just kind of doing the cookie cutter and i want it to be better i want it to do better i want it to look cooler be better was that was it was there something you wanted to uh ask in this one i was going to ask brandon who's your favorite like fast fashion or favorite like high street brand to go away from dies to step away from designer for the minute like who's your favorite fast fashion or high street brands as we call them in the uk Oh, uh, uh, fast fashion, uh, nobody. I will never. Nobody. Never. Yeah, There's no, no never. never, ever pop into Zara or H&M. Never. No. Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> what about what about um, Uniqlo? I know a lot of people are, are quite keen on Uniqlo in the States. So yeah, yeah. On. I mean, I, I like Uniqlo, but at this point man like i i'm dr- i'm drawing a line in the sand i can never yeah. go back if you if you wanted to buy a plain white t-shirt where would you go and buy it from i'm buying it vintage my brother i'm i'm, yeah. I'm going to get a three we, we need that <laughs> <laughs> right, okay okay, okay brandon I, let's let's play a little game here we're going into dragon's den you call it something different. you call it shark tank in the in the us <laughs> yeah. right we're going into shark tank you're there as sil the guy's there. He's the owner of Uniqlo. He goes, right, man, I can change your life, right? Yeah. Let's do a gap style deal with Yeezy. I'm going to give you $2 million Hush. right now. If you design a collection that's going to go in Uniqlo, do you completely change your morals? <laughs> um, you know, I, I would have to. No, no, I, I, I don't know. I, I think. It's tough because it's like, yes, that could do so much for me, but I really have to look at like Uniqlo's supply chain. And if I can like be like, okay, if we can do this better, my fabrics with your brand recognition, like if we do this my way, sustainable and it it actually like works and we can still get that price point down, then yeah, sure. But if they're just like, yeah, we're just, you just design the clothes, come up with the ideas. And uh, we'll use the same good old fast fashion supply chain. Then, uh, yeah, nah. When you buy vintage, how do you how, when you how do you know that the brands that you're buying have that sort of like slow fashion supply chain in mind? Do you know what I mean? Because I'm yeah. just thinking about it. Like, if I was going to a a thrift store, 
uh-huh. and I was going to pick up a brand, I wouldn't have a clue what the supply chain was like. Do you like? Yeah. Are you looking into it? Like, do you know the fabrics so, are good? It's from a good location. Blah blah blah. Yeah. So as far as with vintage in specific, it's more about I'm just buying secondhand. It's not necessarily so we're I'm removing myself from you know having to buy that twenty dollar tee for me to go. I'm I'm removing myself from buying those jaded London like flare pants because I'll buy them from an underground brand or I'll buy them from a brand. And being able to take yourself out of that, you know, if everybody could do it, then, you know, that would actually make an impact. It's harder being just me and trying, you know, shop sustainably when I can. You mentioned a couple of brands there that you really like. Yeah, I wanna. I want you to go through. Give me three brands that you're loving right now, and let me know why. Why do you love them? Let's give them some shout out and give them some love. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, once again, I'm gonna say Painstar. They, I've been following them for forever. They make pieces that are like very. It's like, it's like modern dystopian kind of looks. So it's there's a sense of futurism in there, but it's also like it's very grounded in like what previous designers have done so they paid inspiration to like junior they paid inspiration to undercover but they do it in an authentic way where it's not like i'm just ripping this idea so i really appreciate how painstar creates their products and also really really cool um second is kentucky boy tyler he makes most of his products from scratch and they're just like beautiful like he uses like boro methods he uses like sashiko like it's all like, if you think homegrown vintage streetwear brand, it's this dude. Like he, like the he'll make patchwork stuff. He makes like like very very cool boro jackets. Like it's just like the most cool, most authentic way to to be that like one of one or like found items kind of recycled, reused, and create something new brand. Um, lastly, I'd have to say increase the piece or No Faith Studios. No Faith Studios is a lot similar to Painstar. They have that kind of more edgy, more futuristic kind of look. And then increase the piece is like their graphics are just oh, I love this. Like all they, they screen print all of their own stuff. And it's, I'm a loss for words. Like I love, I love everything. Love it. That was very nice. It's nice to shout out some, you know, brands that we like. Yeah. <laughs> Is there anything else, Brandon, that you wanted to chat about? No, I'm, I'm, I'm all set, man. Thank you guys for, for having me on today, dude. I, I love talking about fashion. So being able to do it in this kind of style is, is uh, it's very nice. And you guys, oh mate, I mean, we're making disco course, so like we got, we got something done today. <laughs> mate we really appreciate it like it's uh i have to say like you know we talk to a lot of people in the scene and um and we've done a lot of these podcasts already and i have to say like your energy and your excitement about the industry and knowledge and knowledge is honestly it's just unparalleled. second to none isn't it so thank so you. yeah um no mate, and we we really mean that so yeah thank you so much for chatting to us it's really exciting before you go you've got more followers than us so we don't need to give you any more but if they do want to go and follow you where do they go yeah, so just follow me on TikTok, Twitch, or Instagram at I'm Seeing Ghosts. That is where you're going to find me. You'll find all of my funny, informative, or me just fucking around on that. That's the place to be. So thank you. Yes, follow me. Do that, right? <laughs>
yeah do that right now definitely do that right now mate thank you so much for jumping on like it's been brilliant but uh yeah really appreciate it thank you mate. Uh, of course guys <laughs>